Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome to the Technical Foul Podcast. I am your host, Manny Fresh, joined by my co-host, Jot. What up? Yo, what up? What's good, everybody? And my official NBA correspondent, Noah Tor. What's good? What's going on, man? Good to be here. Back again. So you're like you're like you're like one of those White House chief correspondents now, man. Like you're like uh, you're man, like the official like guy it. here, man. You got like the official title here. What's good, man? How you doing? It's got a good ring to it. I'm good, man. I'm ready to talk some NBA. Yeah, we got a lot of we got a lot of news, man. We got a lot of lots a lot to cover since we last talked, man. It feels like it's been a, a whole season into itself, man. <laughs> it has, it has. Yeah, before we start, man, shout out shout out to my other co-host Luke. Uh, I actually will be recording with him later on tonight. Uh, a little bit of a scheduling conflict, so uh, shout out to Luke. He'll be joining me. Me and him will go over some other stuff later on tonight. So part two of this episode, but. Yeah, man. Uh, I guess we can uh, begin. So, yeah, whatever the NBA regular season and definitely the postseason lacked in excitement and interest, uh, I think it's made up for it twofold here in the fucking uh, offseason because, uh, man, 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 man. I mean, where do we begin? This shit has been fire. Hot fire. <laughs> it's crazy. It really kept me busy on the writing front, not going to lie to you guys. Yeah, it's, I mean, I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, that's a good problem to have, though, bro. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, it's always a good problem to have, right? It's always a good problem to have. I guess. I guess. Well, since the last time we talked, it was you know we we did our little draft preview show, Noah. So I kind of just wanted to kind of just a brief, a little brief, brief recap of the draft from you. Just kind of get your thoughts on the draft and if everything kind of played out the way you kind of figured it would. Anything that really surprised you from the draft? Um, everything played out the way I thought it 
Wood, like going to the Sixers, Lonzo Ball, and then uh, De'Aaron Fox going to the Kings, all that good stuff. But one thing that did surprise me was the Kings trading away their pick to the Blazers mm-hmm. and then going and getting uh, Justin Jackson. That one surprised me in addition to the Timberwolves getting Jimmy Butler. I think that just surprised everybody. Yeah, I agree. It, it surprised me too. Well, I, I had heard the rumblings about the Jimmy Butler stuff. I didn't think it was actually going to happen, but I had heard the I, like I'm sure like you did, obviously heard the rumblings about Jimmy Butler to the Timberwolves. But they they finally pulled it off, and I actually thought yeah, I actually thought the Timberwolves got the better of that deal. I, I don't really understand what Chicago was doing on that end of things, but I guess you could kind of elaborate more on that. Um, they got your they got your favorite player in the draft. <laughs> that's that's one that's thing. <laughs> you, you, we all know how big of a Laurie Marketing fan you are. <laughs> yeah. Laurie <laughs> <laughs> um, Marketing. I don't even understand why they drafted him because they didn't work him out or anything. They just kind of. I think they thought they were taking the best player available when in reality they weren't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No. Yeah. I. I, I <laughs> I, there's a running gag on this show with my other co-host Lucas. Uh, we call Gar Foreman and uh, John Paxson just an absolute shit show of an, of an executive team. Like we honestly do not know. We don't know why these guys still have jobs. Like literally. Like I don't understand. Like I know Jerry is loyal to a fault, but I mean, like, geez, like how how many? You and the whole shit is I I don't yeah, get it. too. I don't get it. I don't know, man. It's like the filter. They don't get... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like... I don't know. I, I don't think that that executive team gets talked enough, like, about how bad they are. Like, I think everyone glosses over the fact they're just like, oh, it's Chicago. But, like, if you go back, like, a couple of years, like, all the, like, terrible moves that they've made, like, draft moves and picks and trading away picks and players, like... It's been really shitty. They got super lucky with Jimmy Butler because if not, they'd be in the bushes with the fucking Kings right now if it wasn't for that. (laughs) Well, also, you know, letting Thibodeau out the door. I mean, geez. I mean, look, Thibodeau has his faults. I'll be the first to admit it. Um, But Thibodeau's a hell of a coach. And to basically let your... Your personal. He just runs his players into the ground, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, what I mean, what they wanted to do was like they just wanted to start running pace in space, and so that's why they got rid of Thibodeau, which was like I understand it because that's kind of where the league is going. But then they, then they got Fred Hoiberg, who's a good pace in space coach. But then the players that they had, then they got Wade and Rondo. Like those are not going to be good pace. Exactly, space. exactly. I completely yeah. agree. And plus, I Hoiberg has yet to prove that he's a really an NBA coach. I loved him in college. I thought he was a great college coach. I I haven't seen much in the league yet. Now, granted, he hasn't had quite the talent around him, around him to be successful. I get that, but I don't know. I haven't. I, I, the jury's still out on Hoiberg as far as a, an NBA coach, in my opinion. But not to kind of dwell too much on Chicago. But yeah. So basically, the draft kind of played out the way you expected it to be, kind of mostly. Yeah, for the most part, I think it did. Hmm. Uh, what do you, so my, uh, my, my co-host here, our friend here, Justin is a Celtics fan. So, uh, yeah, he was a little, he was a little, he was a little iffy on the Tatum pick, um, at first, but, uh, all right. So let me get your thoughts on that. I, I love the whole, the whole scenario. Well, here, here it is. 
here it is. I love that you 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 know I'm a Duke guy, and I love the Tatum pick. Obviously, I I like Jason Tatum a lot. I think he's to me. If you're asking me right now, who's the better player? I think Jason Tatum is the better player than Josh Jackson. You know, I think you were surprised when I told you I did not love Josh Jackson. I I thought he was the most overrated prospect in the draft. And. <laughs> and then and then all the other stuff that he pulled after, you know, during the draft process, you know, refusing to meet with the Celtics, all that, whether you believe that stuff is true or not, whatever, um, you know, not working out for the Celtics. I don't know. I, I thought the Celtics, you know, ended up doing a good job by 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 uh, getting Tatum there. I think he I think he helps them immediately. I don't know what's your thoughts on that. Me, I'm just not a big fan of isolation basketball in the first place. That's just not my thing. Uh, I don't know how it's going to translate because I saw his shot selection. It's not very good. Like during summer league, he was just kind of going ISO and taking a bunch of weird shots. But if he, I think Brad Stevens will work with him, and I think he'll turn into a very nice player. Uh, maybe better than Jalen Brown. He's definitely got more offensive skill set than Jalen. And I think on the point about the ISO ball, I think for a good point and a, get, a bad point about that, I think to an extent that's what Brad wants and needs for his team because if we look back at last year, last season, um, really the only guy who can really create his own shot was Isaiah. Um, so now our bench, we had the likes of Jonas Jerebko coming off the bench. Um, you know, we just have anybody that when the clock winds down, we don't have anybody to get a bucket. And I think going back after Manny and I talked about it before the draft, just looking back, Jason Tatum will get you a bucket. Um, so I think I think like that's a point about the isolation. But I think it'd be a bad thing. Um, but they say he's got a uh, basketball IQ, so I think that's end up helping him just in Brad Stevens' system, allowing him to get good looks. I think that's going to help the shot selection a little bit too. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't feel like he has to be the guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I got you. Yeah, I, I, it's a good point. I, and also, he was out there looking like trying to be like Kobe, just sucking <laughs> up. Well, it's summer league. It's summer league. Like, you gotta, you gotta. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's summer league, league. so you gotta take it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, I, 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 you guys both make great points. I, I think the thing that that kind of helps, I think Tatum is that, like you said, he's not going to a situation where he's not going to the Kings and he's got to be the guy from day one. You know, he could kind of, he can kind of, you know, work on being that that more, you know, efficient player than you know having to be the guy every single night to carry the load. So I think that helps him. I mean, again, I just think, I just think for what the Celtics need, I think they needed Tatum more than they needed a Josh Jackson because I can make the case that they already got like three or four. Josh Jackson's on that team uh, easily, so so I, I think Tatum was a good pick for them. Um, but yeah, so I I think I think we all agree that the draft kind of played out mostly the way everybody kind of expected it to. Um, no real surprises. Um, I well never never mind. I do have a surprise. I still cannot believe the Knicks passed up on Dennis Smith. I, I just I, I I well, it's a twofold thing. I can't believe that the Knicks let. The, the Knicks let Phil Jackson run their draft, knowing they were going to can him like three days later, and then still pass up on Dennis Smith. I just cannot fathom that. Help me understand, Noah. Maybe you, maybe your NBA expertise will help me understand a little bit here. Uh, what they were trying to do is they were trying to get in Tilica because he's a good triangle point guard, and then can Jackson, and then it's just kind of down the gutter. I don't know what they're going to do anymore. Thank you. That, that's that's so reassuring. Thanks. <laughs> 
you, you, and the entire tri-state area has no idea, man. Well, look, I, I, here's the thing. I, I think, and I still can't pronounce his name. I'll just call him Frank. Uh, I think Frank is going to be a nice. I think, I think, he's, I think Frank's going to be a nice player. I really do. I think he's got the. I haven't seen him play, so you know who knows. But I think he's got the makings to be at the you very least. Phil, you and Phil got something in common. Yeah, well, God only knows. But uh, I think he's going to be a nice player. I think he's going to be a good player. I, I just, to me, when you have an opportunity to draft a guy like Dennis Smith, a, a game changer potentially at that position, I, I just think you have to draft Dennis Smith. I, I, I don't understand. If everything is equal, I, I, how how do you get away? You have Dennis Smith right there in your lap, and he fell. Because I, I, I've said it before. If this was any other draft, Dennis Smith is a top three pick. And he's and he's false yeah, to yeah. you at eight. He's at eight. He's right there. And I don't know. I, that surprised me because even the, I had heard the rumors that the Knicks love Nick Nick Nicotina Nicola Nicola. I can't pronounce his name. That they love Frank. Yeah, you better off. And they love Frank. This Frank kid. And you know, I, you know, I I I looked at it more as like pre-draft rumors and pre-draft fluff. But I I thought that if. I mean, I thought if Monk or, or Smith was there, I think they would probably just go best player available. But no, they surprised the hell out of me. And they went with Frank. And uh, we'll see. Obviously, we'll be able to judge it three to five years down the line if they made the right decision. But right now, it doesn't. I'll tell you what. Right now, the tri-state area is killing that decision. Because A, he hasn't played. He didn't play at all in summer league. And all the while, Dennis. Wasn't he playing like in the, like the under-21s or something like that? <clears throat> under twenty, the U-20s? Well, no, because I think he hurt. He got hurt. He got. He hurt his ankle. He hurt his ankle. I think. He hurt in the, his ankle. Oh, for real? Yeah. I, I thought he was playing in some tournament. Well, he was, and then he hurt his ankle in the in the championship okay. Okay. in the championship game for the league he was playing for, and then he that kind of hampered him the rest of the year or rest of the summer, I guess. And he didn't play summer league at all, so it it it, it always makes the decision worse when like the guy that you passed up is out here having you know monster dunks and his fucking ball in and then you know nick nick latina is on the damn bench and shit so yeah that's that that never helps but uh but yeah moving on from the draft man i, I think the nba offseason officially kicked off with a bang um chris paul traded to the chris rockets paul. traded to the rockets and i'll be the first to admit i was sh- i wasn't shocked but i was surprised and stunned like wow the rockets i i don't understand the fit there Help me understand that, Noah. I, I don't really understand that move. Uh, I mean, I get yeah, it from the Rockets. I get it from yeah, the Rockets' perspective. Think, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Uh, I think what they're trying to do is bring some mid-range ball handling and some ball handling to their team because, like, they didn't shoot any mid-range shots, and Chris Paul's like the master of mid-ranges next to DeRozan, but he can hit from anywhere basically. But right. I think what they're trying to do is do a dual ball handling system. I don't know how well that's going to work, but they're going to get Chris Paul's probably going to be handling the majority of it while James Harden can still, you can run the offense through Harden, obviously, but they're also going to run it through Paul. I just don't know how it's going to work because they're also going to have to take, have someone take the final shot. It's just going to be a weird dynamic. Justin, yeah, I mean, yeah, your I thoughts think, again. I think yeah. they're both, they're both super ball dominant guys. And like, I don't put it past D'Antoni to be able to make it work offensively, but just that dynamic that you mentioned, like who, like you know, both those guys are going to want to take that last shot, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm just worried about like 
ball movement and spacing because they're both like in each other's way, kind of like a black hole. Like Chris Paul likes to dribble, dribble, dribble. Like you even heard like Doc Rivers throwing shots at him about, you know, ball movement and shit like that. And then, you know, Harden is Harden. He's going to want to take a shot when he gets the ball. So they're going to have to learn how to play together like quickly because the West is not going to stop for anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 I was perplexed by that move. A, because I just don't. I don't know if the Rockets are better. I, I, I don't. I mean, I are they better? I mean, I guess you could say they're better. I mean, they added Chris Paul. Say what you want to say about Chris Paul. I have my my they strong feelings gave up on a Chris. Lot of depth though, too. Yeah, they gave up a lot of their depth, and I don't know if they're better. Like, honestly, I can I can make the case that last year they peaked. I mean, they played better than anybody had ever expected them to play last year. Um, I mean, I guess they're a little bit better because they got Chris Paul. But are they that much better? And, I, again, the point is you've got basically two ball-dominant guys. They're not great defenders to begin with. So the defense, they, they weren't a great defensive team before they got Chris Paul. I can make the case they're a worse defensive team with Chris Paul now. I, I ah, man, I, don't, I, I, I just don't understand that move. I, maybe I will down the line, you know, but. I mean, they went and got Luke and Bob Mute. I mean, that was a good addition. Then they got P.J. Tucker as well to help on defense. Yeah, yeah, they had, okay, okay. Yeah, I forgot about the P.J. Tucker move. I guess they're a little bit better defensively, but still, not, I don't know. I, I That that, that backcourt scares me in a big spot. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. That backcourt, if I'm a Rockets fan, I'm terrified of that backcourt in a big spot. But, well, I, yeah, that was surprising. So are you surprised, I guess I, guess I should ask it this way, are you surprised that, are you more surprised he went to the Rockets, or are you more surprised that he actually left the Clippers? Um, I think I'm more surprised the Clippers moved him in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe what they were thinking was that he is going to leave, and they better get something in return for him. So I think it was probably a good move by them if he was actually going to leave, because they got Lou Will in addition to Patrick Beverly and a couple of other guys as well. And I think that was a good move by the Clippers <laughs> if he was going to leave. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think that more times than not, you want to get something for the guy before they just walk out the door in most situations. And I will give Paul credit that at least he let them know, hey, I'm leaving. I don't want to be here. I want to go to the Rockets. You know, you, you know, trade me, basically. So I, I, at least that was a stand-up thing to do because he could have just bolted. <laughs> so I guess that's I guess that's a silver lining some, somewhere in there. But um I guess we could talk about the Clippers a little bit. They re-signed Blake Griffin. Are you surprised that Blake re-signed? I, I don't understand why, from Blake's perspective. I mean, well, I get it. He wants to live in L.A. Who doesn't, obviously? But um, I, I don't understand it because, I, to me, I, I don't. I think that team is barely a 500 team. I don't think that team. I don't think that team has a chance in hell to really be any good. I know they got some pieces back in the Chris Paul trade, but. Say what you want to say about Chris Paul. Chris Paul is what made that team go. What is that team now? There's something. That's the best that I can say right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, Blake Griffin's now the focal point of the offense because he, they can, I think they can run the offense through Blake Griffin because he's such a good passer. Yeah. And I don't know. They'll try to make it work through Blake. And I think the reason he resigned is because he can get more money and he's the focal point of the offense. So I think it was kind of a no-brainer for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially with his injury history, too, because, you know, a lot of GMs are, are going to be – I mean, it's Blake Griffin. He, you know, bring, he puts asses in seats. 
Um, but I think that's a good point. He's not going to ever find himself in that situation where he can get all of those things that he wants, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your guys are right. I mean, I, I just would have thought that he looking. I, I just honestly, when I thought when I saw Chris Paul leaving, I was like, okay, here, here comes the mass exit. I thought you he know. was gone. I thought, yeah, I thought he was gone. I thought I was like, man, well, here comes the mass exit. You know, why would you stay? Because I, I was, I, I initially ripped him because I was like, okay, Blake Griffin, welcome to being Kevin Love, circa 2012. You'll put up your 26 points, <laughs> your 13 rebounds, and you'll be on a 50 loss team. I, I, I just, I don't. And I mean, okay, you could sell me that they're probably going to be a little bit better, but at at I mean, if they were, I mean, if they were what what were they last year? Like a fifth seed? If they were a fifth seed or a fourth seed last year, you got to believe they're at at best. If everything breaks right for them, they're maybe a seventh seed, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't even know if they're a seventh seed. Big maybe. Yeah, that's a big maybe. I don't know. I just I just feel like I just feel like when you lose Chris Paul, I feel like it's time to break it up. I feel like it's time to rebuild. I don't know. I, we all know Doc's not sticking around for that, but um, you know, I just think it's time to rebuild, tear it down. Uh, you know, build for the next great Clipper team. I, I just, to me, holding on to this myth of Will okay, there ever be a great Clipper team. <laughs> <laughs> you're, hey, you know what? Absolutely, you're right. Um, but I mean, I'm just thinking logically, like you know, there's, okay. Darius Miles, Darius Miles ain't walking through that door. Right. <laughs> this is Lamar Odom pre uh, pre Lakers pre uh, drug addiction is not walking through that door either. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he was so cold before he started smoking crack. Yeah, I know he was sad. Sadly, yes, I know. Let's move on because Lamar Odom is out here trying to sue people for accusing him of. Doing crack, even though every, even though the whole world that's like the worst kept secret in the whole hey, wide world. Let me just say allegedly, so we don't get sued. allegedly. Yes, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly his his drug use. Yes, um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I just I didn't understand the Clippers' mindset there. I mean, I get it. They I guess they don't want to give up on this little bit of success that they've had the last few years, so they're gonna just try to keep I the mean, band. I think they're just trying to like if mediocrities the success in Clipperland, and I think they're just going to stay there because Clipper fans haven't really had, like, because they're, they're always living in the shadow of the Lakers, and they're just trying to do something, and they're trying to win now. They don't want to wait any longer. I understand that. I get it. But, I mean, you lost basically your franchise player. I mean, even – and I like Blake Griffin. I, I, I've been on the show. I've defended Blake Griffin. I think he gets too much heat when the, Clipper, when the Clippers lose. It's all, it's all Blake Griffin's fault. I mean, they win, it's all Chris Paul's fault. Uh, and I get it. But – you know, I think Blake Griffin's a better player than I think people give him credit for. I just think he's had a lot of bad luck. Like, I don't even think he's had, like, really bad injuries. I just think he's just had, like, dumb luck. Like, slip on a, slip on a banana peel injury, in, you know, out four weeks. You know, like, that type of injury. So, I mean, I think they could be a nice little team, maybe. But, again, what is a nice it's, – it's going back to that argument in the NBA. Either you're competing for a championship or you're in no man's land. And I think that team's in no man's land. Like, okay, even if everything breaks right and they win 44 games and are a seventh seed, okay, they're going to get slaughtered by the Warriors or by the Spurs. So, at the end of the day, what did you really accomplish? That's, that's just my mindset. But, you know, we can move on. Uh, I think I'll – Go ahead, man. Real quick before we move on, I think I think the other thing, just just to kind of piggyback off of that, um, the Clippers are aren't they trying to move to Englewood? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, they are. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so the thing the thing about it from a marketing standpoint is if you blow up the team, 
You say, say you blow up the team, you, you purge everyone. Blake goes to Boston or wherever he was rumored to go or Miami or what have you. Um, and then you move to Englewood and, you know, you do a, like, soft reboot, uh, a rebrand kind of not, not as hard as the Nets did when they moved to Brooklyn, but very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't have that face of that franchise to help so, you in yeah. the transition That's... period. So I think from Blake's standpoint, somebody's in his ear like, Yo, um, you can take back the fate, be in the face of the franchise here. We're moving us into a new city or another part of LA, I should say. Um, and we can kind of move out of the shadow slightly from, from the, the Lakers. So here's your chance to have the keys, carry this from a marketing standpoint and from an image standpoint uh, to kind of soften over all the injuries and all the whispers that Blake's not a team guy and things like that. Um, so I think that really boosts up his image also. It's a good point. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't actually, I, man, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they are moving to a new arena or a new area in LA. So. I try to look at stuff like from a marketing standpoint too. I guess it's because my girlfriend's in marketing, so I hear about this shit all the time. So <laughs> it's it's a big part of the business though too. Like it's like I was talking oh, about soccer last night and like the money that gets spent. If you think of NBA teams and football teams, professional teams as businesses. And then everything makes a lot more sense. You don't think of them as teams where they they have players, but the players are essentially the equipment that a team needs, you know, that the business needs. If you have a construction company, you need backhoes and pavers and things like that. And essentially the players are this equipment that you need to buy the good shit to get the best results. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think so we all forget sometimes as, a, as, as sports fans, as writers, whatever. That you know, this is a business, and that there is a marketing element to it. I, I absolutely get that. I think sometimes we get too hung up on the on the basketball side of things and absolutely. don't really think on the business side of things. And I didn't even think, and I and, and I'm a perfect example. I didn't even think of the Inglewood, you know, element there. I think that yeah, they probably convinced them like, hey, you could be the face of the franchise on the Clippers and be the guy and blah blah blah. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, Noah, so anything? So so what is the biggest news in your opinion? To, and we'll get to the Kyrie stuff, trust me, because there's a lot of things to talk about in that. In that <laughs> but besides but besides that, what is the biggest thing to transpire early in the NBA offseason, in your opinion? Um, honestly, just the biggest news in general is all that Gordon Hayward stuff. Like, it came out, Chris Haynes leaked, he was going to Boston, mm-hmm. and then all these tweets came out, no, he's backed out, all this is happening. And all of that was just so that he could release his uh, his article on the Players Tribune saying he's going to Boston. Like yeah. that was that was a lot to handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, it was that a was lot interesting. Dog, I was refreshing Twitter so <laughs> fucking quick. Like I'm, and I wasn't even like super pressed for Gordon Hayward. Like he came to the Celtics, cool. I think any for anything, it, it really mattered. It, honestly, to me, the biggest thing was people would shut the fuck up about Danny Ainge. That was oh, the yes. only thing that I cared. Like, that's the only thing that I really cared about, like, as a fan, because people that don't follow the team, like, everyone has their opinion about sports. And I think Danny Ainge is a pretty good GM. Um, he got lucky with the KG trade and things like that. But overall, I think, you know, he's done a pretty good job building this team here in Boston. Um, they're obviously ahead of schedule with the rebuild, as I've said, you know, many, many times. I think they really just got fucking lucky. Um 
ultimately, I was like, man, if fucking Gordon Hayward goes to the Heat or stays in Utah, or even if actually, if he stayed in, in Utah, I think most people would be like, eh, they've got a little something built in there with Gobert. Um, but if he went to Miami, dog, I would have had to stay off Twitter because everybody <laughs> would all up in my face. Oh, Danny Ainge, all he does is pump fake, this and that and the third. But like, you know, I was like, fuck, man, I can't deal with this <laughs> shit, man. Like, like to be to be 100% honest with you. So I was like, cool. Um, but then on the flip side of that, from a basketball standpoint, he obviously fits into the team with our log jam of small forwards, but he can get buckets. So, um, but that was, that was the biggest thing. And I was like, yo, somebody leaked this. And then the rumor, the hot rumor was, I'm sure you guys heard it too, that Gordon was pissed off that it got leaked and mm-hmm. he thinks someone in the Celtics organization did it. And he's like, oh, I don't want to sign here. If this is how it's going to be. I was stressed out, man. <laughs> What did you think of the Avery Bradley move? Because I have an opinion, but I want to hear what your opinion was of it. Um, I kind of went into like a mini tirade a couple of weeks ago when Manny <laughs> and I were talking, and, and he and I obviously talk a lot. Um, I think after a couple of weeks and after it settled in, I, I was upset to see AV go. Um, I think he's just been kind of the heart and soul of the team for the last couple of years, and he's been the only carryover from the, the big three era, if you want. Um, but... He's hurt a lot. Like, a lot of people just see, they remember the biggest thing, and I think I mentioned this before, is when you think of Avery Bradley this past season, what do you think of? You think of him clamping up Kyrie in that last meetup of the regular season when the Celtics beat the Cavs. However, what you don't see is Avery Bradley missing 30-some-odd games a year because his Achilles, his ankle, his shoulder, something like that. Um, Then, from a monetary standpoint, next year he's going to command a lot of money. If um, who, Who just got a lot of bread and they're, like, mediocre as fuck? Auto Porter, yeah, Otto yeah. Porter. Name an NBA Otto player. Just yeah. got paid. There was there was another two guard. I think I forget who it was. Um, Hardaway. There was another two Hardaway? guard. Hardaway got paid. Hardaway. Oh, yes, Hardaway. yes, exactly. Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway got paid for medium mediocre numbers. You know what I mean? So you have a guy who's arguably one of the best two way players in the league. Uh, probably the best two way guard in the league aside from Jimmy Butler, if you consider him a two. Um, but I think, you know, not to kind of run in circles, I was upset to see A.B. go, but I understand why he had to go. Um, he, he's a good spot-up shooter, but he's not a guy you can lean on. Uh, Isaiah Thomas is small, um, and we saw what happens when you put a bigger guard on him. He can't do anything, and I think for Brad Stevens' offense, you need another guy with length to go out there and get you buckets and to kind of be an additional shooter to help space the floor. Um I just I wish there was another way that we could have both of those guys, but I think at the end of the day, it's one of those like it sucks that you know why it had to happen, and that's like one of your favorite players, but you understand why it had to happen for your team to move forward. Um, it just sucked. I thought we could have gotten more for him also, mm-hmm. but I think it was yeah. mostly a pure financial standpoint. You know what I mean? And I don't know if anybody was willing to take on the type of deal that he's going to want to command next season. Um, I think that's my biggest problem with it is we got one of the Mars twins, which is another body we can throw at LeBron or whatever. LeBron's going to get hits regardless. Um, but I don't know. It sucks to see him go, you know. But at the flip side of that, you don't invest that kind of money into a guy that misses so much time when you have the opportunity to get a above-average scorer in this league, an above-average, you know, uh, swing man in this league where it's dominated by – threes who can score from all points of the floor. So I, I kind of get it, even though it sucks. Um, and, and Avery Bradley was a healthy player. Uh, he was some sort of Iron Man. 
um, then I think I would have a harder time swallowing that pill. But you don't invest that kind of money for a guy that's always banged up, you know? <laughs> My thing was like, I knew they would have to choose between Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley because Isaiah is going to be uh, hitting, I think, free agency after this season. Correct me if Correct. I'm wrong. So, it, yep. uh, so then they were going to have to pick between either Isaiah or Avery Bradley if they got Gordon Hayward. And they obviously chose Isaiah Thomas because they got a win right now. And they can plug in uh, Jalen Brown with the two-guard spot. Um, so exactly. I think it was a smart move by them. Mm. I, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of... They're stuck in between this weird... They're stuck between this weird dynamic, like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, where the, re, the rebuild is ahead of schedule by a couple of seasons. Because two years ago, we were the eighth seed and getting drummed out by the Cavs, right? Fast forward, Eastern Conference Finals, by whatever method of way you want to say, oh, uh, Rondo got hurt, whatever. A win is a win is a win. It's what ultimately boils down to. You find a way to win these games. Because if the, the roles are reversed and your star player or your important glue guy is hurt, the other team's not going to say, oh, man, maybe we should go a little bit less hard because this guy is their point guard is out or their center is out or what have you. You take advantage of that weakness and you expose that weakness. Um, so I don't give a fuck what happened. The team is ahead of their schedule. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were playing good basketball, most importantly, um, especially in the Wizards series. They were playing great basketball. Um, so I don't see how you can really fault them. And Isaiah, I think, has more value even being a couple of years older and being a small guy. But, you know, what did he was like, what, fourth in the league in scoring this year or something like that? Yeah, I think it was third. I think it was third or fourth, yeah. And I don't care about this. The first thing, and this is this is the thing, is that a lot of people were like, oh, Isaiah Thomas doesn't play defense. A lot of stars in the league don't play defense. So why are you single out one guy for that? Mm-hmm. And he's five, like you he's know. five eight. <laughs> I mean, if, you know, I'm sorry, he's not gonna be, he's not gonna be Stacy Ogman out there. I mean, I, you know, come on. Yeah, so I'm kind of in between on both of you guys with the with the Avery Bradley trade. Like, I get where Noah's coming from. Like, you know, they had to pick between him and and you know and Isaiah. Obviously, they made the Isaiah Thomas. I just didn't like the return they got. I thought they could have just got a better return for yeah, Avery Bradley. That was my biggest thing. Cause I was like, well, Avery Bradley's a very good player. And he's a winning player. And I think that that alone should get you, you know, much more of a better package than they got. To me, they kind of just got throwaways in that deal. I, I, I didn't really understand that that deal. Um, it felt like they were just trying I to think, get rid of I think it, it, the kind of trade it felt like, it felt like they were just trying to get rid of him instead of just trying to really get a piece back for him. Like. Money. It was kind of a money move. Yeah, it was. It felt like a salary dump, and I and you move. never want to feel like it's a salary dump because then it kind of like cheapens the player. Like, oh, we don't really like him, or we didn't really think that much of him because hey, we got Marcus Morris. Like, eh. Like, getting Morris, getting Morris though is going to add some much needed toughness to the team because our only quote unquote tough guys last year were Marcus Smart. Whatever, you, whatever you feel about him, um, that guy's a bulldog and. I think Jay Crowder is kind of a fake tough guy, but uh, he's kind of a hard nosed player. Um, and I'm not even going to get on my tirade about him because I would, I really wish that he was the one to go. Um, but he's on a cheap deal, so it really made no sense to leak, to let him go. Um, I'm just mad the Celtics didn't lock up Avery Bradley years ago. He's going to bring like some nice toughness. What's that? I just, I'm surprised that the Celtics didn't lock Avery Bradley up years ago. 
Yeah, I, but you know what, though? It, injuries, bro. Like, it, yeah, I get day, it. Like, but I'm saying it, the money that they gave, the money that they gave, there. but the money that they gave Crowder, I mean, you would have thought they would have gave that to Bradley before Jamison Crowder. Crowder's on a super, Crowder's on a super, super cheap deal. And maybe you could have done that. Um, I think the way that the timelines added up is that, remember, Avery Bradley could shoot a lick when he first came into the league. He was he was a lockdown defender. He was Tony Allen essentially. Yeah. Um, and he developed a shot. He developed a shot. Um, and he developed you know pretty good, good ball handling skills. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say he's maybe a, an above average ball handler. Um, he's not going to do anything like he's not going to be Ray for Austin out here. No. Um, but <laughs> not even. You know he's he's a very he's a very solid ball handler. I think he's another guy that you can run the offense through. Um, he's good at running off screens. I think he he really grew into a pretty decent uh, offensive player. Um, but I think the injuries and just kind of the development over the past couple of years, I think that's really what hampered um, them getting a deal for him. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I've never really read too much into it, um, but it's probably the way that the contracts lined up. And I also think that for a point in time that Danny Ainge didn't know which direction to go into with this team because they were using first round picks on and they were using picks on fucking players, uh, Jordan right? Mickey and yeah. shit like that. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think being caught in limbo, Avery was kind of the odd man out. Um, but again, I kind of circle back to that. It's like, do you really want to invest that kind of money into a guy that's going to miss 30 games a year or something like that, 15, 20, 30 games a year? And then Jalen Brown plugged into the two, like Noah said, and he played pretty well at the two. Um, he, and he's also young. So I, I think that I, eventually they're going to probably groom him into being a two um, in like the Jimmy Butler type of mold, where he's going to be super athletic. He's going to maybe play some. He's going to play some good defense, um, and he's going to be a slasher. We don't have many slashers left in the league anymore because it's kind of a shooting league. So I think in the back of their minds, I think that's what they want to do with Jalen Brown. So again, Avery Bradley just kind of was the odd man out when they were playing musical chairs. What are your thoughts, Noah, on the Gordon Hayward? Tra- on, I, I mean, I know you you talked about everything surrounding Gordon Hayward, but what is your actual thoughts on Gordon Hayward? Does he help Boston? Are they better? Are they meh? About the same? What, what are your thoughts on Gordon Hayward? Um, well, first off, I would have obviously liked him to come to Miami, but that's just besides the point. Now. <laughs> uh, honestly, I think he he does make them better, but I don't think they beat LeBron with Gordon Hayward, like. I agree. They they definitely get better, but they get better on defense per se with Gordon Hayward. Like he can, he can he has some good defensive possessions, but overall he's not the best defender. No, he's, he's, he's not a little bit. He's not a lockdown guy. He's even a little bit, in my opinion, Gordon Hayward's a little bit overrated. But that's just that's just me. I agree with you. I yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I, yeah, I mean, I, I like Gordon Hayward. I, I do think he's gotten a little bit too much pub. Like, oh, my God, where does Gordon Hayward sign? I'm like, he's a good player. Does Gordon Hayward put you over the top? No. I, I think he was yeah. a big – I think I just think it's a product of being a big fish in a small pond. And I, I just mm-hmm. – I, I, I like him. I like him a lot. I think on a very good team, he's a third option. I don't think he's a guy that. Oh my God! I got Gordon Hayward. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I do. I. I, 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 I it's an option. That's just me. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I think he's a good second option. Yeah. Okay. I, maybe I'm underselling him too much, but I. I. I mean, but you. I mean, if, if you are, if you're on a team where you have 
you know, two great players. He's a he's a perfect number three because he can shoot. You know, okay, he can yeah. he can you know he can handle the ball a little bit. You know, he he does a lot of good things that you like, especially on offense. I just think I don't know if he's the guy that puts you over the top. I mean, I. I if you ask me, and me and Justin have talked about this because we've talked about what's the move that the Celtics need to make to really make themselves into a a good team, into a powerhouse. And I thought that they should have been in the DeMarcus Cousins trade. I love DeMarcus Cousins. I know he's a headache. I know he's a guy that you know you just worry about his mental makeup in any situation. But I just think, to me, I just ha- I have to figure out a way to get DeMarcus Cousins. Like to me. DeMarcus Cousins in the Eastern Conference, you want to talk about a guy that instantly makes LeBron worry? I think DeMarcus Cousins makes LeBron worry. You put him on that team with Isaiah Thomas, with with Stevens, with the culture of winning. I'm big on culture. I'm big on the team team culture of winning. Is the reason why the Spurs get these guys and all of a sudden they 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 forget their knuckleheads. Besides besides, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge who who's been hurt by going to the Spurs. He's been one of the few players that's been hurt by going there. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I think that's the kind of guy, I mean, you hear a lot of rumors that they're 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 hoping to get a package together to get maybe Anthony Davis if he decides to check out of New Orleans. Um, but I, I just, to me, I think Gordon Hayward's a good move, but I don't know if it really makes him better in the long scheme of things. I don't know. So I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of with you on that. I think it's... Kind of an in-between type of move where I think he's young enough that you can have him for a couple of more seasons. He's not um, super athletic where his game is going to decline uh, once he hits, you know, 29, 30, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think also the part that we haven't talked about yet um, is how he is going to fit in Brad Stevens' system. Brad Stevens knows him. Um, obviously, he knows Brad. Um, so I think that that motion type of offense, I think we may not have seen the best Gordon Hayward that we can see. I'm being op- optimistic about it, but just knowing that type of system, I think it's going to be good. Because um, we saw Jay Crowder getting open looks in the playoffs, and this nigga was bricking everything. <laughs> um, and I don't think Gordon Hayward, I think he's going to keep the offense, or excuse me, the defense on, more honest. Um, and that's going to give Isaiah just a little bit more slack. They can't throw the bodies at him. Um so I think mainly like kind of the piggyback what you said, I, I think if you don't look at him, obviously he's making the guy money, but mm-hmm. if you don't look at him as the guy, but more as an important cog in the, the wheel, mm-hmm. um, then I think the deal makes a little bit more sense overall. Um, but I don't think that, that they're enough to beat LeBron, but if Kyrie leaves, um, the Cavs are in trouble. So I guess we, you know, let's not uh, let's not uh, blow the lead here. Let's, I didn't mean let's, to say, I didn't hey, mean to hey, no, it's cool, good. That, that's perfect radio there. We transition. Uh, Kyrie wanting out of Cleveland. I'll I'll give it to the NBA uh, writer here yes. himself. Kind of take us everything that you've heard and and know the timeline of this because it's it kind of came out of nowhere, really. Well, much. not really. Yeah, I don't know. I, from what I'm seeing, I'm just kind of thinking that I don't know if it really is nowhere. I think it's like we're getting it, us, the fans, the writers, uh, out of nowhere. But I think Kyrie himself, it's probably been happening for a while. I think it's just coming out. Like what I saw was that once it was leaked to LeBron's camp, LeBron's camp leaked it out. So it obviously has been brewing for a while. And what I think happened was like 
Kyrie just wants to be the focal point of the offense. Like when he signed that contract mm-hmm. um, back in 2014, he was the focal point of the offense. He was the guy for Cleveland. And then LeBron comes back two weeks later, and he's immediately the number two option. Like it's no longer his team. <laughs> yeah, and I think he he's ready to have his own team. I don't know if he is ready, but it's just what he feels. Right. Now, this is an interesting aspect to all of this um, because obviously they, they've been to the finals now three straight years. They've won a championship. You can make the case that, you know, Kyrie is was the biggest, was just as big of a factor in them winning that championship as LeBron. As great as LeBron was, obviously, you know, the, the indelible image of that final was, you know, Kyrie hitting the game-winning shot just as much as the block is. So, um is is this like you said? Is this is there a beef between LeBron and Kyrie, or is this just more of like I'm ready to kind of spread my own wings, do my own thing? Like you said, is there? I mean, I know there's, I know that, and I, I don't want to rephrase this. I, I it came out of nowhere as far as like you said to the fans, but I, I I can see that it's been bubbling for a little bit of time. And so is this a thing? Is this a situation where those two guys didn't really get along? A, a Shaq and Kobe type of thing, or is it? I hope or is, not. That's all I can really say is I hope not because I haven't heard anything about them uh, having beef. But yeah, man, I don't. I hope it's not Shaq and Kobe because that would be an unfortunate ending for both sides. I mean, maybe this is also Kyrie knows. This is all speculation, but maybe Kyrie knows LeBron's leaving next. That was my next. Year, qu- yeah, that was my next question. Yeah, yeah, that was my next. There's just a lot of factors. Yeah. Um, and that team is just I, I, where is that team? Where's that franchise right now? They don't really have a GM. I never. I didn't. Honestly, I they have one of the first, one of the worst front offices in the league. Even when they got <laughs> that front office was not. Yeah. I mean, that's just me. I wasn't a huge David way. Griffin no, fan. No, like no, I, I, I wasn't a huge David Griffin fan. Right. Go ahead, Justin. My bad. Oh no, no no no! I was just saying that he's a thousand percent right. LeBron, if it wasn't for LeBron, none of those other moves would make. And just really quick, like, I, I don't want to get too speculatory or anything, but a part of me kind of feels like Kyrie wants to be the dude, and he can't be that guy with LeBron there. I agree, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's I a think, huge element think, of it, obviously, yeah. Because if, if you think of Kyrie, like, he's a flashy ball handler. He's probably the best finisher in the league at the rim. Um, you know, just a lot of substance with his game. And I just don't know if he feels like, like, yo, I'm fucking Uncle Drew, like, you know, and, and we're getting drummed out like this. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to, you know, put that on, dude, because you don't really hear a whole lot about him. Uh, excuse me, but I don't know. That's something kind of that I that kind of popped into my head as I was reading this stuff with some of the quote unquote words that sources are hearing and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't know. I wonder if that like almost like the Shaq and Kobe thing where Kobe was starting to come into his own and Kobe for obvious reasons, thought that he was too big for the britches that he and Shaq were sharing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I, I'll... Stammering for thoughts here. (laughs) No, I I was just saying that... um, I, I wasn't a huge David Griffin fan, so his removal or firing or resignation, however you want to put it, I guess, whatever, um, I wasn't too big on, because I was like, well, he's... 
LeBron, we all know LeBron's the GM of that team. I mean, I, I they can David Griffin was the GM in name. I get it, and he he had some input, obviously. But LeBron was the GM of that team. Let's face it. The fact that Tristan Thompson got ninety one million is because of LeBron. I mean, anybody that anybody that's that. It's the LeBron effect. I mean, he may not have been signing the checks, but LeBron was was influencing moves. Anybody thinks differently is is mistaken. Um, so I didn't really think, but I mean, that team is where are they right now? I mean, they they I can make the case they have a mediocre head coach. I don't think Tyron Lue is a great coach. I think he's I think he's a LeBron guy. He's a hand pick handler to handle LeBron and egos, but I don't think he's a great head coach. They don't have a GM. LeBron hates, you know, LeBron hates the owner. The owner hates LeBron and his team. Then you got this whole Kyrie situation. I mean, where is this franchise right now? I mean, this is, I mean, they've got to be in the worst state for a team that's been, you know, arguably, besides the Warriors, the the, the team of the league the last couple of years. I mean, they've been to three straight finals. They won a championship last year. And it just feels Two like. Two years removed from a title. And they just feel like they're just in a utter chaos that franchise right now i mean where are they no i have cavalier fans in my family and i like to make fun of them but reassure them or or the best way you can that this team is is has got some hope in it because i don't see it right now they're two steps away from mediocrity that's where they are right now but if you're looking for hope just lebron's still on the team that's that's all the hope you need yeah, that's well. That's a hell of a hope. You got LeBron on the team, so that's that's what's one hell of a hope. I'll say that. But so, do you think this deal? And we'll get into where possibly he can go or whatever. But do you think this trade happens? Because I'm I'm at the mind of now. This is a dirty laundry situation where I don't know if you can have this guy back in training camp. Like, hey, everything is all good, and I'm thinking about being a Cavalier now, and you know we're all. Hunky dory, let's let's hug and sing songs and kumbaya. Like I don't think you could do this shit and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> don't you know? I want to trade, but if you don't trade me, you know, let's go 2017, 2018 Cavalier season. Woohoo! Like I, I, yeah, I don't. I also think that LeBron's too petty for that too. I think that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think because you know what I mean. Like not, I, I like LeBron. I like LeBron as a person. I don't care for him as a basketball player much. Like. I, I agree. He's incredibly skilled. He's one of the best players of generations, the best player of this generation. Um, I would take nothing away from LeBron as a player, uh, but just some of the shit that he does on the court really rubs me the wrong way. Um, but LeBron, the person, I really like the shit that he does for his community and the way that he talks about certain issues, social things. Um, I really respect LeBron for that. But, yo, I think we all can agree that he is very, very petty. Um, oh, yeah. And I think I think that may be another – that's like it, – it's going to be a WWE type of storyline coming into the season, I feel like. If, if Kyrie doesn't go, then we have Kyrie – is Kyrie unhappy? Is is he miserable here? Oh, my God. They've um, lost four games in a row. Should the, should the offense run to Kyrie and not LeBron? Exactly, oh, my God. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Ky, Kyrie didn't – Kyrie took this shot of the last game and he missed it. Should he have given it to LeBron? LeBron passes it to Kyrie. Does Kyrie not care about this team? Does he not care about winning? Mm-hmm. I, I think that are all those big things. And then if you add in the other caveat of LeBron going to the Lakers to further his film career and LeBron winning out of Cleveland, oh, God, he wants one more ring. Like whether it has any substance or not, I think as all of us have been involved in the media in one way, shape, or form, I think we can all really attest to if you have a little bit of a story. You hook on that, and you dig into it, and you look, and you look, and you look, and you, as the media, as journalists, 
our job is to make something out of nothing sometimes. And you keep the presses rolling with that type of shit. Whether it has any substance or not, it's something to talk about. And you're a successful journalist if you can get people talking about these things. Um, and the hype machine and the media machine that is LeBron, I think we're going to have a lot of, like like I said, WWE-type storylines running into the season with that. Yeah, I I I don't uh, I don't disagree with you at all. I think uh, so. Plus, I hope that they shit the bed and the Celtics can go to the finals. <laughs> that's like the only. That's like the only hope right now. That's like the only hope. <laughs> you know what though? Honestly, like being trying to take like because I will take my fandom out of me talking about basketball and other sports, um, but I think the Celtics can. If you think about the Cavs, LeBron's a year older. The team is, they don't have a GM. They have obvious flaws. Everyone's a year older. That's another year in the system, quote unquote, that Tyron Lue has, that Tyron Lue has, that was or wasn't working depending on what was going on at that point in the time. There's a lot of personalities there. So I think if there is internal type of struggle, that shit translates out onto the court. So I think if and the fact that I just don't think they're that good. Go down. I mean, be honest. Have, I don't. I don't think they're that great. Like, I mean, they're they're a good LeBron. team. They're a two man team basically. They're a two man team. I mean, they've got some nice players around, but for the most part, that's a good. That's a talent. That's a that's a two man team with a hodgepodge of just pieces together. You know, I don't I think mean, they're Kevin, that. Kevin Love, like. Oh well, yeah, I, I yeah I I like to rip Kevin Love because Kevin Love is 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 fun to rip sometimes. But yeah, I, I forgot Kevin Love. But outside he, of those he's three, neutered. he's like, been neutered playing on that team. <laughs> he has, but you know, outside of Kevin Love and and Kyrie and LeBron, obviously, I mean, what is that team? That team's not that great. That seems like this powerhouse team that you just think of, like, wow, it, well, oh, the Cavaliers are. Great. I mean, they just, I mean, they're a three man team, and the rest of it isn't. They don't have a bench to speak of, you know. Yeah. J R Smith is good when he's when he wants to be. When he's when he's on, he's good. When he's off, he's horrible. Iman Shumpert still eight years in the league and he still hasn't have a jump shot. Like, I mean, what is that team? I mean, Richard Jefferson, okay. Channing Fry, okay. I mean, if that excites you, I mean, they're good enough to 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 you know bum rush the East every year. But are they a great team? No. So I think that if if any team in the, and and the fact that the East has just gotten worse, if if if, if 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 that's even imaginable, the East has gotten worse. I I don't know. I don't know. The best, but, the best way that I can explain the Cavs, and this is going to be in my typical fashion, where it's going to be a very, like, y'all remember the Temptations movie that came out on VH1 way, 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 way back? <laughs> I, don't know. I, know, I, know, I know what you're talking about, yeah. So, so if y'all are familiar with Temptations, there's a part in the movie where um, Gary Ruffin is the, the man of the, of the group at that point in time. And he's like, Oh, we need to be. This is, should be David Ruffin and the Temptations. Ain't nobody come to see you, Otis. Which is the hilarious part of that movie. But if we translate that to basketball, that team is LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like he is the guy, and the rest of the team goes as LeBron goes. So that fact, whereas you know, like he said in the group, like it's me and then everybody else. Whether LeBron feels that or not, that's the reality of that team because they go as he goes. If LeBron does not play well, that team does not play well. He is the man there. So I think that's exactly where they are right now, where it's 
LeBron James, and there's you know a couple of steps below him. There's Kyrie, and then there's a huge gap in talent. Yeah. And I just don't think that that's sustainable. So keep giving the keys to you know what I mean at this age at this stage of LeBron's career. I yeah I agree. Noah, uh, so do you see a deal happening anytime soon? Um, the only thing is I don't know what they can get in return for Kyrie that's good enough to deal him. That's my only thing because like I thought about it and so his possible destinations I'll go and jump right into it. It's San Antonio, Miami, the Wolves, and then I forget the other team. But the Knicks. Wasn't that the important. Knicks. He wanted to go to. Oh, it's always important. It's the Knicks. Come on. The Knicks. Oh, okay. I don't know why he <laughs> wants to go to the Knicks, though. Uh, <laughs> so he's got on the Wolves. He wants to play with Jimmy Butler. Maybe Jeff Teague and a pick is what they can offer him. I don't know what the Cavs can get from them. The Heat. They can give up some young guys, but then again, the Heat probably would don't want to part with any young guys. And Pat Riley really wants to run this core back and see what they can do. And then uh, the Spurs, I don't know what they can offer either, except for maybe like some picks. And then, but then my other thing is that that's Kawhi's team and Popovich's team. Like mm-hmm. Kyrie's going to be a number two option again, so I don't know why he want to with it. I just don't see. Anything I heard happening. that. I heard, and whether it's a good move or not, but I heard that the Suns were going to try and make a play. I and, but I would almost have to guess that they'd have to give up Devin Booker. But can you imagine offensively a Devin Booker Kyrie Irving backcourt? Oh, that would be that'd be and yeah, that'd be insane. That'd be sick. And they give up as many points. Yeah. I think about I think it's funny thinking about like maybe having baby LeBron and play next to LeBron. And that would be something. Listen, uh, how about how about, I think Minnesota offers the best package because if I'm Cleveland, well, give us give us Andrew Andrew Wiggins back. You want Kyrie? If you want Kyrie, well, you know we'll give him to you. Wiggins for Kyrie, straight up. I mean, I'm sure you have to make some kind of salary matching effort as well, but um, you know Wiggins is up for an extension soon. Um, you know Kyrie's Kyrie, Kyrie for Wiggins. That that to me that to me right. I mean, if you're if you're looking at a, a, a if you're looking at realistically a package that would work that I, because to me I like I agree with you. They're not going to get fair value a because just the point in the season in the point in the offseason where they're at, I don't think they're going to get fair value. And everybody knows he wants to leave Cleveland anyway, so the leverage isn't even there. The leverage isn't even there for Cleveland where they can sit there and say, well, you know, we demand that we get you know. You know this, that, and the other. Like they really have no leverage in this situation. Teams know it. Um, so yeah, I don't think I think that's going to hamper what they can get from as far as value. That being said, I mean I think Wiggins for Kyrie is a good a good fair trade. What do you guys think about that? Well, you also got to remember uh, they got Jeff Teague as well, and they'll probably have to deal him because you can't have him really run the bench unit because I don't think that's fair to. Teague. Yeah, that's not fair to Teague. So how about how about some some machination of of Wiggins and Teague for Kyrie? I think that's a I think that's a pretty fair trade if you ask me. Yeah, um, my only uh, I don't even know. <laughs> Because Wiggins is in talks right now to get the possible the max, year, yeah, the I think yeah, it's like a five year, hundred forty six, hundred forty six, yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know, six year, 
No, it's like the it's like the five year um, extension. Yeah, like it's like a hundred and something okay. million. Yeah, something like that. So the Cavs are going to have to give him that, and the Cavs are already strapped for cash. So I don't know if they'll even be able to do that. Yeah, I, um, I'm just thinking from the standpoint of a they can kind of do get a do over on a on a trade that we can make the case that they should have never made Wiggins for Kevin Love. And that's a guy that I can sell to my franchise. Well, if LeBron leaves, we still have Wiggins. You know, we still have somebody here to kind of sell the team on as opposed to the mass exit that potentially could be when LeBron, if LeBron leaves and if Kyrie obviously ends up being traded or wants to leave or whatever happens with Kyrie. So I don't know. I just I think that to me is the best possible deal that they could possibly get because I, I mean again what are the knicks going to give up for him carmelo that's not a fair deal at this point in time um um you know what are the spurs what are the spurs realistically going to give up for him they don't have anything to really give up for him unless yeah. they unless cleveland's unless cleveland's got a hard on for lamarcus Aldridge. i don't see that so yeah i i just honestly i don't see a, a package that works so that's what's got me thinking that i think they're going to hang on to him through the season, because realistically, right now, I, and I, and I'll say this: I don't think they're going to get a package even during the trade deadline in February either. Like, who's going to, who's going to really give them, give you something that you want? Because realistically, you got to get at least a player. If you, if you, the this is this is what makes Cleveland's situation so interesting. Because if you trade Kyrie, you still have LeBron. So if you trade Kyrie right now, you still have LeBron. So that means you have to put some kind of a team together to appease LeBron in some sort of way for this season, because you still got a season of LeBron. So you're going to have to get rotational players back. And if you're thinking about the future element, you have to get some kind of picks back. And I don't know what team is in better position to offer you that right now. Like I said, maybe well, that's... maybe that was actually putting together an offer for Kyrie, I believe. They were going to include it, Darren, De'Aaron Fox and somebody else for Kyrie, possibly. Really? Well, I didn't hear about it. Wow, okay. Well, I didn't hear that about that That would one. actually be a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's that. That's yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't heard about that one. That's a good. Yeah, that's a. That's a. I don't know how much Kyrie wants to go play in Sacramento, but um, yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good deal in for the pantheon of cities. Sacramento ain't much big better than Cleveland, so it's kind of a lot of You know, yeah, you're right. And, and you <laughs> ask well, you ask why would you want to play in New York? I mean, it's just Kyrie is close to home. He's from Jersey. Going to the Knicks, you know, you can, you know, they could sell him as, oh, Kyrie's home to save the Knicks, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and I think that the Knicks, I mean, look, and I'll get to them in a second, but that's, it's still Madison Square Garden. It's still New York. They still, that still has some cachet to it. Maybe not as much as what it used to have, obviously, but it still has something to it. Um, but yeah, that Sacramento trade would actually work for me. I, I, De'Aaron Fox... You know, maybe something else, or a combination of some some picks in the future um, to get Kyrie. Yeah, I, I think that'd be a decent deal. I don't know. I just like somebody brought up that Wiggins idea straight up for Kyrie, and I liked it for some reason. I just like okay, well, that actually is the fairest deal that you can because you get a you get a fair swap for each player. Honestly, I I don't know. I just the whole Kyrie thing is interesting. It's really interesting. So if they hang on to him, so you guys would agree then, if they hang on to him, let's say they don't get a deal that actually works for him, they hang on to him. This is going to be a fucking soap opera all season long. You guys would agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be. 
And before we let you go, Noah, just make make some make some kind of sense. I got two things before we go. Make some make some kind of sense of this Carmelo thing. Is are the Knicks finally going to put an end to this and just trade this man, or what? What is going on? We heard a cup. We heard last week that you know the Rockets and the Knicks trade was getting close to being done, and then obviously the Knicks are having some reservations about the trade because they don't want to take on Ryan Anderson, which is understandable. I, I, who the hell wants to take on Ryan Anderson's contract? <laughs> I, I, yeah, he, the Knicks are stupid, but they're not that stupid. Um, I don't know who they can take on for Carmelo to be traded, but then. Carmelo's like insisting that he goes to the Rockets. Like that's the one team that he wants to go to. I think a deal does get done before the season gets started. I just don't know who's going to get involved in it. Maybe they trade away Eric Gordon, but I mm-hmm. doubt they would part with Eric Gordon. It's just kind of, I don't know, maybe they throw in Trevor Ariza and like a package deal with Ryan Anderson and then for exchange for Carmelo. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting situation. Maybe they throw a pick in there. Uh, but I think a deal does get done before the season gets started to Houston. And to piggyback on that, Houston, like if they get Carmelo, I mean, forget defense. They can talk all they want about how they, you know, they want to play defense or <laughs> like there's no defense being played there if they get Carmelo. And how does that even work? Like James Harden, Carmelo Anthony, and Chris Paul, how does that even work? So I think I think what they're what the the idea for it is uh, Carmelo becomes a spot-up shooter. Like, I don't know. So he's Kevin Love 2.0. So he's Kevin Love 2.0, basically. (laughs) Yeah, basically. So um, he, on spot-up shooting in New York, he was actually a very good shooter from three-point land. And I think if he does make the move to Houston, he's going to have to accept uh, a spot-up shooting role in addition to maybe some driving to the lanes. He's he's definitely going to have to cut down on some ISOs. Um, I just don't know how that fit would work. It's really interesting. I, I Yeah, I don't understand that fit. I mean, I get why he wants to go to Houston, obviously. He wants to be with his boy, Chris Paul, obviously. They have a butt-buddy relationship, so of course they, he wants the to be there. <laughs> yeah, the banana boat. Yeah, the banana boat trio or duo or quartet, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. Um, I, th- I, I said it on the show last week that I like the Portland idea. I know he's not going to ever agree to a trade there, but I like him in Portland for some reason. I... I I think he helps that team immensely if he goes to Portland. But I, I don't see a trade. I think you would agree. I don't see a trade happening with Portland. Or him agreeing no, to a trade with Portland. Either. Unless they give up Nurkic, but then I don't think they would give up Nurkic. No, but I, I think they'd give I don't think they, I would, I don't think they would make that. Stan, Stan and Pat. You don't think he helps them? Yeah. You don't think I he... Mean, in a bubble, Carmel. I mean, in a bubble, look at it in a bubble in a vacuum. Carmel helped. There are a side of his game that hurts teams, but you also have to look at what these teams will have to potentially give to get him. Like we were talking about the Chris Paul trade is like, okay, did they really get better versus what they had to give up to get him? You get a great player, but what did you have to give up to, to get him? Um, and if that, that asking price is too steep so far as prospects or young players, um, is it really worth it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get it. In the I just think that if you're Houston, A, if you're looking at this completely just as a whole – you know, if you go to if Carmelo, if you trade Carmelo to Houston, does Houston get that much better? Okay, they get a little bit better, 
But they're also weakening their depth significantly even more than the Chris Paul trade now because they're going to have to potentially either give up Trevor Reza, Ryan, some some combination of that team is going to have to. They're going to turn into the next Cleveland. Exactly. That's (laughs) amazing fucking point. Yes, exactly. I can make the case that if Carmelo goes to Portland, Portland gets infinitely better as opposed to Houston getting better. I can make that case. I can really sell you on that because, A, Portland's ha- Portland has assets to trade. They've got uh, Crab's contract. They've got... Um, I don't I, know if anybody would want to take that on in the first place, though, because Crab is... Uh, his ceiling is a six-man, in my opinion. I agree, but I'm just... I, it wouldn't solely be Alan Crab, no. Don't get me... Don't get it twisted. Like, I, I don't yeah, think it would just solely be Alan Crab. Like, I think it would be Crab and something else. I know the Knicks love... Um, what's the power forward that plays for uh, Portland? I can't... I never... He's from Brooklyn, too. Harkless. Damn, Harkless, yes. Mo Harkless. They love Mo Harkless, and I like Mo Harkless, too. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a combination of Mo Harkless, maybe Crab, and a future first-round pick or something. I... That's a better... That, to me, that's a better pick. That's a better trade than what Houston can offer you. It's a better trade than the Paul George trade. Oh yeah! Oh, we forget. We hey, great bringing that up because we forgot about that. So I, I I lied. We got another. We got a couple more things before we let you go, Noah. So Paul George, uh, you like it? You understand it? Talk to it from Indiana side of things and from Oklahoma's side of things. I'm, I'm, I got strong feelings on both sides. So from Indiana side of things. Um, Larry Bird obviously wasn't going to move Paul George. He got so many offers from Boston and a couple of other teams as well. And so he got fired. New GM came in and he was like, we just got to move Paul George. So I think he just took the best offer that was available. And they he took Oladipo and Sabonis and said, that's a dub for us. Um, I actually saw something today. It was by Bleacher Report that... Uh, that there was a trade with it was a three way trade between the Nuggets, the the Cavaliers, and uh, Indiana. Like that three way trade that was going to send love to the Nuggets and uh, Paul George to the Cavs, but it was apparently like all set in stone, and the Pacers GM backed out. Wow! So yeah, they said the Cavs were celebrating and everything, like they had just you know scored a huge coup, and then yeah. they were just like, <laughs> nope, we're I think I think we're okay. Yeah. Uh, but from Oklahoma City's standpoint, I think that's I think they automatically get better because it's Paul George. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They just needed they just needed another superstar to play with Westbrook. I think it's an interesting fit. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know if it will work, but I think it's getting a superstar next to Westbrook is a dub. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. With, the only thing I would disagree, I, well, I wouldn't disagree. I, I play devil's advocate a little bit. Um, I'll get to Indiana in a second, but if you're Oklahoma City, I didn't understand from Oklahoma City because to me that's a huge risk for Oklahoma to be taking because basically Paul George is a rental, so you've got basically the next yeah, but year. Then again, all they had to give up was Sabonis and all. Yeah, yeah. Like at first, like, okay, I went through like a mo- a swing of emotions. Obviously, I'm a Laker fan, so I'm obviously rooting for Paul George to go to the Lakers. Obviously, but so in in, in the time being, I was like, okay. When I heard the trade, I was like, okay, that's interesting. Obviously, I think Indiana, I think Pritchard's an idiot, first of all. That's my first thought. Why would you agree to take Sabonis? And I like Sabonis, but Sabonis and Oladipo. Oladipo's a nice player, but that contract and it's Victor Oladipo for Paul George, like, I don't, I, I, I would disagree. That's not the best package they could have gotten. I, I, we talked about that three way trade. I think the Lakers package was actually a better package than, than what they got for, I think. I think Larry Bird was still the GM at that time. They were in charge of basketball operations at that time, though. 
Oh, was he when the Lakers offered Randall some combination of Randall Clarkson and the twenty seventh or twenty eighth pick? Maybe or yes, during the draft, Larry Bird was still in charge. I, I believe I might be tripping though. Okay, yeah, I don't think he was, but I, you could be right. I don't know. I don't know. I think it was. I think I, I think Pritchard was handling the entire. I think Pritchard. I think Pritchard's been in charge the entire offseason, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I think Pritchard was the guy. Because I think Larry kind of checked out before the season was like, I'm done with this shit. But um, I think it's been Pritchard the whole way, if I'm not mistaken. But whatever. I still think. I still think. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to be biased, but I even think the Lakers' offer was was better than what. What Oklahoma City got to give up? Because if I'm the late, I, I I argued this with Lucas a couple weeks back on the show. Like if you're Pritchard, you've got it. Like I'm trading my franchise away. Basically, I'm basically trading. I'm I'm basically punting till 2021. Basically, if I'm the Pacers, if I'm saying like I'm trading yeah, my franchise, Pritchard, Pritchard wasn't You kind of have to. Yeah, you're like because right now I'm trading my franchise piece. So right now I got to get something back. There goes that element of marketing or whatever where I, I can sell my franchise. To, to, to season ticket holders. Can I sell Victor Oladipo and Sabonis? I mean, you could probably sell Sabonis. I don't think you could sell Oladipo. Kevin Love, I, I wasn't high on the Kevin Love going to Indiana because there was also a rumor that Indiana Indiana was wanted Kevin Love. And I was like, if you're Indiana, why do you want Kevin Love? Like, what does he do for you? Okay, he scores 24 points and averages 12 rebounds. And what, you're 32 and 50? What does that do for you? I to me at least if you're Indiana you can get a combination like let's say if Indiana would have did the the D'Angelo Russell trade let's say for instance just for argument purposes like if the Lakers would have gave Indiana you know D'Angelo Russell and a pick I could sell my franchise on D'Angelo Russell I could sell my franchise on Julius Randle and the 27th and 28th picks like those are young players, we can watch them develop here. We got them with Miles Turner. I can, I can, I can sell that. It may not be great, but I can sell it. Victor Oladipo, Sabonis, I, I, I don't. Okay, yay, I guess. I don't, I don't know how you really sell that to the masses, but, but from the other perspective, on Oklahoma City side of things, I was like, man, that's a, the Oklahoma City swung for the fences. Great, that's wonderful, but. If you buy everything that you're hearing about Paul George, and I don't, and look, I don't buy that all of a sudden Paul George had an awakening, and oh my God, Kevin Love, Kevin Durant called him and told him that Oklahoma City was this great place, and blah 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 blah. He's gonna he's gonna opt out. He's gonna because if you love Oklahoma City so much, sign your name on a contract now. Why why even go through free agency next summer and go through that? If you love it so much, sign right now. That's why I always laugh when guys say, "What are they supposed to say?" That you know, oh, I wasn't, I really wasn't trying to come here. <laughs> I got surprised and I got traded here. Like, oh, I don't really like Oklahoma. You know, he's not going to say that. Um, he can but, always use that to his advantage, though, too, if he checks out. Yeah, exactly. But so that he doesn't look like the villain. Yeah, well, I never asked to come here. You know, blah blah blah. Yeah, I just thought that was that's a huge risk to take. Oklahoma City is not a team that is in position to really kind of make rental deals in a sense because you know they're Oklahoma City they're a small market team and the whole Westbrook situation still hangs over at the balance so like I'm like okay they didn't give up much for him but if they lose him next year then you're weakening your team even even more and you're less attractive to other free agents and to Westbrook himself so I don't I understand on the surface is a win for Oklahoma City but I don't I don't think it's a huge win do you, do you see where I'm coming from in that? 
Yeah, I don't think it's it's hard it's it's hard to disagree with all of that. I mean, it puts it puts Paul George in a certain predicament, and it really puts the Thunder franchise in a pick in, in a predicament where you not quite have a rehash of the original Thunder nucleus, but um, you have a very similar type of situation where you know, okay, do we keep this guy? It, you know, we essentially gave up next to nothing. Um, you know, so you can, they, they kind of have the cards now because if Paul George decides he wants to stay, great. You have, you know, a team with a core of Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Stephen Adams. Um, and if he doesn't, you still have your picks and, you know, their, you know, scouting department still is pretty good. Um, so you could potentially build around Westbrook if he decides he wants to stay. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think. Not to say that they're in a, a no-lose type of situation because ultimately we've seen GMs fuck everything up all the time. Um, but I, I think they're in a pretty good spot where they can kind of play with house money at this point. Yeah, and Bill Simmons, I think, uh, brought this up on his show a couple weeks back when the trade first happened, um, that they could always flip him at the deadline too. Like if it doesn't work out, if like Oklahoma exactly. City's struggling, they could flip him to a contender easily and get – Pack picks back, so that's what kind of like. I, initially, I was I wasn't a fan of the trade on both sides, but then it kind of I I kind of got on board, and I was like, okay, I can kind of see because if Oklahoma City's smart, they can always say, well, if they just get reassurances, like now, of course, if they're like if they're like forty and ten at the All Star break and at the trade deadline, and of course they're not going <laughs> to trade Paul George, they're just going to run with it. But if they're like thirty three and thirty one, barely an eighth seed. I think that the smart thing would they could always they always have that that trigger to pull where they could flip Paul George for something either also at the deadline to a team that's desperate. So yeah, I I I, I came on board with that. What do you think, Noah? Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> that's a good answer. Sometimes uh, sometimes with these dudes, yeah. you're just like I don't even know. I don't even. Know. <laughs> I don't know what these dudes are doing. All right, and one and it's one. It's an interesting situation. I agree. It is an interesting situation. And then I guess finally we can wrap up. Lonzo Ball, are you are you feeling the Lonzo Ball mania? Are you are you are you uh, enthralled in it I'm like not, the rest of LA is enthralled in it? Ooh. Oh, you're not. Uh, I'm getting tired of everybody. No, everybody's like hyping up Lonzo and mvp summer league champions i mean it's summer league come on yeah it's summer league who gets excited about summer league not this guy apparently the lakers um i'm lying i did like too brandon i did ingram too played, brandon ingram played like two games and that was it and then lonzo had some good passes and that was it i don't know man I, mean, I, I wanted to play with actual nba players oh Okay, all right. Well, I, I agree with you. It's summer. Well, first of all, you have to understand. Like, I'm a Laker fan, and yes, we got excited. Maybe too overly excited about summer league. Yes, I, I get it. In the grand scheme of things, it, it means nothing. I mean, it's it's preseason football at its at its highest point, basically. Um, but you got to understand, the Lakers have had nothing to cheer about for the last four years. I mean, outside of an outside of a sixty point Laker Kobe's career final. You know, finale. That's the only thing we've had to cheer for in like four years. So you know. Oh no, I totally, I totally understand the celebrations. I'm just tired of it. 
I mean, look, I, I, I agree. Is it? Is it? But you, you had to expect that this was going to be overhyped. I mean, it's it's Lonzo Ball oh, no, in LA. You had to expect totally that it was going to be overhyped. The fan in me, obviously, yes, I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to the season. I I have optimism. Obviously, I have something to look forward to coming into a Lakers season for the first time in a long time. Um, the basketball. I guess sufficient, uh, you know, basketball expert. I'm not going to call myself an expert, but whatever. I would say that, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, we need to slow it down. It is summer league. You know, you're playing against, you know, D-league guys for the most part. You know, I get it. But you have to say, Alonzo was impressive. In, in the little bits that you've seen him, he was pretty impressive. I mean, because it was... Uh, I was impressed. I'm not going to lie. Because it, it's a no-win situation for him either. Because if he comes out there and he fucking... If, all right, his first game was disappointing, obviously. His first game was a rough one, obviously. Everybody knows he shot horribly. Yeah. If he would have had, you know, six other games just like the first game, you know what the narrative would have been. Lonzo's a bust. He can't hang. His father was <laughs> overhyping him. He's this, that, and the other. He stinks. He's this, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know what the narrative would have been. So... I think that yeah, he's he's excited. He, I, I think that anybody who's seen him has to be at least a little bit impressed. He played well, um, and and what I said last week was what he does is he gives Laker fans hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Now we don't know how far that light is, but he's light. It's yep, it's light at the end of the tunnel. He's like he's that teammate that everybody wants to play with. Yeah, I feel like that's what he's gonna be. Yeah, he, I, he's gonna make other teammates. He's going to make his teammates better, in my opinion, just because the way that he plays, his passing vision is unbelievable for someone at his age and with his experience. Like, Mm -hmm. he, I guarantee you, he has one of the best passing, like, the best passing, not not the best, because that's the wrong, like, top five, maybe, like, top ten in the league. I'll say top ten. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. He's an insane passer. And the guy that really you know, and, that, and I think quietly that punch assist that he had like quarter like three quarters away yeah that quarter, was sick that was, that was sick yeah that was sick and the guy that really impressed I read me that and back I, like three times the guy that stole summer league for me even more so than than Lonzo was Kyle Kuzma now again I get it it's summer league he's playing against the but he was balling like. Man, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, that dude can play. I, I know it's against D leaguers, but that guy, that kid can play. And if the Lakers hitting the shots, and, and if they and if and if he plays, I mean, if he plays half the way he played in summer league in the league, you gotta expect some kind of drop off. But if he plays half of that or even three quarters of that, like the Lakers got a player, man. I mean, I, I just I love this draft. I love the draft for the Lakers had. I think Josh Hart was a good pickup at the end of the first round. You just Josh Hart's gonna be one of those guys like an Avery Bradley that plays 15 years in the league is a winner. You know, he'll do all the little things. He'll do the dirty work for you. And I love Thomas Bryant in the second round. Like, to me, Thomas Bryant was a steal. Like, Thomas, I mean, just think about it. Harry Giles has no knees, and he went and he goes in the lottery or in the, uh, just outside the lottery. And Thomas Bryant is is the 60th pick. Like, I don't know. I think the Lakers got a steal. And then Kuzma, I mean, I like Kuzma at Utah. Obviously, I didn't think he was going to be this, but... I think if I think if this kid continues to play the way he does and develops the way he does, I mean the Lakers have another piece to their young core. So I think with they're going to be Showtime 2.0. I think. Yeah, they got a chance to. I mean, with Lonzo, with with Kuzma, obviously they got Ingram, Randall. Um, 
Zubach. I mean, the Lakers have young pieces. And I said this last – I was like, I, I kind of am happy that they didn't pull the trade for, for George in a sense because I want to see these young guys all develop together. Like, I want to see these young guys play together. I want to see what we have. I don't want to trade them away and, you know, kind of give – I mean, shit, we've been horrible for four years. Like, I want to stick this out for another year or two and see what we have in these young guys and see if these guys develop into something. Like, I like Julius Randle. I think he's a good player. Does he have flaws? Does he have things that he needs to improve on in his game? Absolutely. But I I like Julius Randle as a player. I like Clarkson. And then you add Ingram. You add Lonzo. You add Kuzma, potentially. Zubac. I mean, the Lakers have a young core now that could put – and then, of course, Larry Nance. I forgot about Larry Nance. Like, the, the Lakers have a good young core to to be reckoned with in the next few years or so if, they, if everybody develops, of course. Mm-hmm. Paul George comes. Yeah, the the one thing I'm 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 praying that doesn't happen is LeBron. Oh my God, I can't even stomach LeBron having to root for LeBron. Like I honestly, I I I don't even know what the hell I would do with myself if I had to actually cheer for LeBron in the Lakers uniform. Man, you should celebrate. That's like. Well, because I'm like, I'm I'm like, but but no, I'm a notorious LeBron hater. Like, you don't know. I've spent my entire, basically my entire adult life since basically LeBron's been in the league, tearing down LeBron and everything about LeBron. Now, great. I know how great he is, obviously, but I've been, I've been a notorious LeBron hater. So to now have to fucking put on the pom-poms and cheer for LeBron, that's, oh God, that's going to be horrible. That's going to be horrible. Ugh, God. I don't know. That's like that's like that's like as a Jet fan having to root for Tom Brady as my quarterback. Like what? Like I've I've spent my whole life hating this yeah. man. Yeah. So that's that's gonna be interesting. I feel like I feel like you find a way to get over it. Oh yeah, if we're winning sixty five games in a in a fucking championship, yeah. Uh, trust me, I'll find a way to get over it. <laughs> trust, I'll find a way to get over it real quick. A five hundred season for the Jets will have you reconsidering that shit so quick. Dude, a seven and nine season will have me reconsidering it real quick. Believe that, okay. but uh, but yeah, man, Noah, thanks for uh, sticking with us, man. I know we, just, we know, I know we said we we're gonna only be a couple minutes. We ended up almost uh, almost two hours. So yeah, man, thanks for being so gracious with your time, man. Talking some NBA hoops with us. Uh, before you go, man, let us know what you got going on. And also, I wanted to congratulate you, man, on a new uh, position you got. Uh, so just you know, let the let the let the fans know. Everything you got going on, let them know everything about that, where, where they can find you, where they can read your work, and all that good stuff, man. Yeah, man. So um, I'm over at Def Pen Hoops now. I'm working as an editor. And then I'm also over at Pounding the Rock, which is an SB Nation's first site. I'm going to be an editor over there as well. And got my plate full along with a heat website over at SB Nation, Hot Out Hoops, going over there. I had my first piece up go up yesterday about Kyrie and how he fits with the heat. Uh, you can go check that out. It's on my Twitter at Noah Tor, T-O-R-R. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you, man. Thank you for joining us on the show this week, yes, man. Really appreciate it. We'll definitely have you on uh, some more often. Uh, and uh, yeah. yeah, man, good luck and uh, good good, uh, good health and all that good stuff, man. Thank you for, lo- for joining the show, man. For real. Yes, sir. And for the rest of all, man, uh, I'll be back uh, sometime this evening with uh, Luke. Uh, we'll, we'll cover some other things. Uh, definitely get into the whole Kirk Cousins situation with the Redskins. We all know he's a big uh, Redskins fan, so I'm definitely trying to get his his insight on what the hell is going on with that situation. But yeah, man, Justin, as always, man, thank you. Oh, no doubt. 
Always, and, always a pleasure to be here. Real quick before we go, everybody that has Netflix, go watch uh, uh, Last Chance You. Uh, the second season just dropped. Um, if y'all haven't watched the first season, it's very, very, very good. It's about a junior college program in Mississippi that turns out NFL talent, basically. Um, if y'all remember, DeAndre Jordan was the quarterback that punched that girl in the bar a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, he's their quarterback this season. Um, dope, 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 dope series. Um, hmm. Go check it out, guys. Okay. I, I, I don't some... get paid by them, by the way. So. Shit, we need to, right? Damn. But, uh... Yeah, go ahead and check out Last Chance You on Netflix, man, definitely. And uh, as always, man, thank you for listening, for subscribing. Uh, it's, it's always just truly an honor and humbling to see how many people listen and support the show. So as always, man, just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Can't say it enough. So for my co-hosts, Noah and Justin, man, I am Manny Fresh, and I am out of here. Peace. Later. Peace out.